Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, Episode 59. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Lisa Simone Richards. Lisa Simone is a visibility strategist for fit pros and wellnesspreneurs who want to see themselves and their businesses featured in magazines, on TV, and around the web. As the principal of the PR agency Vitality PR and Communications, located in Toronto, she coaches health, fitness, and wellness entrepreneurs on how to connect with the right media personalities and use the power of publicity to get seen and get clients. When she's not shooting national TV segments or working with editors on magazine features, you can find her swinging a kettlebell, getting her zen on at hot yoga, or shopping at her local farmer's market. Meet Lisa Simone and get ready to get noticed and get clients at www.vitalitypr.com. And I absolutely love that she calls herself a visibility strategist. So let's welcome her to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Robin. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited to chat with you. It's so much better than calling yourself a PR professional because how many times do people have to Google, really, what is PR these days? Well, you know, it's so funny that you say that because that title literally changed about a week ago. And one thing that I've noticed is I serve health, fitness, and wellness entrepreneurs, and a lot of them are really new to the industry. And the idea of publicity really kind of scares them. You know, the imposter complex comes up about getting on TV or in magazines. So I wanted to make getting seen feel more accessible. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working not only on helping them get media coverage, but do things like win awards or do cross promotional strategies and other ways to get seen and kind of help them grow into that comfort of being featured in the media. Oh, I love it. Okay. So let's get into how you are an alpha female. When you first saw or heard the definition, one, what did you think of it? And then how are you one? So I would define the term alpha female as a woman who's really clear on what she wants and the value that she brings to the world. And I think there's a lot of challenges that we experience as women and self-worth can suffer. And I know that was something that I really struggled with last year. So getting really clear on what you do and how you can serve others, but also still balancing that kind of type A personality with a beautiful femininity. Sometimes femininity can be perceived as weak, which it absolutely is not. So something I'm working on is balancing my kind of type A with the femininity. I think also an alpha female is someone who can not only stand up for herself and take care of herself, but she's also able to receive from others as well. And embracing that as much as she wants to serve other people, that other people hopefully want to fill her up as well, sorry, so that she's able to accept the gifts that other people want to give her. How I would consider myself to be an alpha female, you know, I referenced that briefly, I'm such a type A personality. So I'm really passionate about the movement that I want to create in the world. But I'm really working to balance that drive that I have within myself with that grace, that poise and compassion that, you know, as women, we get to embrace in our lives. Mm -hmm. So I love it because 
Like we have my personal definition of alpha female, which I share on the show every single week and send it off to the guests. But it sounds like you're like, no, this is like you're basically defining it. It's so streamlined. But we don't use the word balance here anymore. And that was something that I was inspired by Siobhan John when she came on the show last year. You know, that work-life balance terminology or even just balancing who we are as a person and masculine and feminine energy, you know, that do-do-do mentality versus the Mm self-care and softness, it comes across as like, but if I've got too much of one, am I like off kilter? Is something going wrong? But when we start looking at it from a harmony perspective, what I found is that it just flows more easily. And, you know, the notes in a song, when they flow together and work together, it just makes so much more sense. So I love that you are already taking that on from a type A personality, the masculine do mentality, but also the new kind of part that you've introduced into the definition is also receiving. So we don't talk about that much on the show. So let's get into that a bit. Okay. Yeah, because we talk about like taking care of ourselves first and knowing that if we take care of ourselves first, then we can give more to our family, our friends, our coworkers. But we haven't ever talked about like where do we sit in the sphere of like also being able to receive. Yeah, that was definitely a big struggle for me and something that I'm working on because I'm the kind of person who I totally want to give to my friends and give to my clients and give to my family. But I noticed at one point last year that I was just starting to feel really depleted and quite honestly, really resentful. I felt like, you know, I'm giving so much of myself, but I'm not getting things back. And I actually didn't want to put external blame on that, but really think about how I played a factor in that. And every time someone would offer to help me zip up a shirt or to carry a bag and that alpha in me was like, no, I can do it myself. And now I'm just like, no, this person, like, think about the joy I get from giving to someone. I would be annoyed if they always, you know, said no when I wanted to offer. So now I'm really working on being like, why, yes, you can carry my bag. Thank you so much for offering to help me like that. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I had um, actually had a podcast listener last year when I was publishing my book asking if she could help me gain visibility. (laughs) So she had said, you know, like, is there anything I can do to help? And I said, you know what, I am exhausted. Can you email other podcasts for me and try to get me on the show? And she helped me out that way, just purely giving back, like didn't ask for anything in return. So it's absolutely amazing when we do open ourselves up to help and recognizing that it doesn't make us less of an alpha. Absolutely. I think it really makes you much stronger to recognize that, yeah, you know, one one man's not an island or, you know, however the saying goes, if I didn't just butcher it, we're so much stronger (laughs) when we're all helping each out and working together. And something that's really big for me that you had just mentioned is just giving out of pure generosity. Like, let's all help each other succeed. That's what we should be doing as women. So I'm really happy to hear that you're having that experience as well. Mm -hmm. It's also opening up connection, too, and just allowing relationships to develop. Definitely in all areas of life, work, friends, family, dating, whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. Yeah. So share with us, what are you most passionate about? I am so passionate about what I do for my career. So I've been working in PR for about 10 years, and I've also had experience as a personal trainer, a kickboxing instructor, boot camp instructor, fitness competitor, and fitness model. I think that's the rundown there. 
So I had the opportunity to work for a PR agency. I've worked with fitness startups. I've worked with big international multinational fitness brands. But what I'm really passionate about is I find that there are so many people who are leaving their very safe nine to five jobs because they want to pursue something they're passionate about, whether that's becoming a nutrition coach, opening a health and wellness facility, or, you know, opening up your own Pilates studio or a gym. But these people are having a really challenging time getting their message out there and being seen. And typically, if you're going to go to a PR agency, they'll be like, yeah, sure, we can help you out. It's $10,000 a month for 12 months. And that it's just not possible for an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really passionate about is helping those people who've taken a chance on themselves make sure that their businesses not only succeed, but that they also thrive and helping them to get out there and connect with their target audience so that they can go on and make a bigger difference in their clients' lives, which again, just continues to pay it all forward. So as you jump or have jumped into the entrepreneurial world, what does your work-life harmony actually look like right now? So this is something I'm really working on and it's I don't want to say it's a challenge, but maybe it is a challenge. I want to say challenge in a positive frame of context. I'm so passionate about what I do. I'm like a fitness junkie on my own personal time. And now I get to do that for work. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, my, my mom actually commented the other day that she's like, you work more now than you did when you worked at a company, <laughs> but that's because I love what I do. So I'm yeah. working maybe seven days a week. I just took a full weekend off for the first time, which was actually really nice to do. But to be honest, to maintain that harmony, I'm not someone who believes in, you know, grinding all day and I don't sleep and hustle, hustle, hustle. Like honestly, I work maybe five, six hours a day, seven days a week, which is totally fine with me. Yeah. And the beauty of being an entrepreneur and, you know, not being tied down to that physical space is if I want to sleep in, guess what? I am going to. Um, but if <laughs> I want to work late, I can do that as well. So it's really nice to be able to balance the things that I'm really personally interested in mm -hmm. with my uh, professional passion. So would you say the time freedom that you have created in your life has reduced stress that maybe was unhealthy in the past? Yeah, definitely. Just thinking back to when I had a nine to five job, you know, I'd come home thinking about these projects that I honestly didn't really care about, <laughs> to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. the stress that I would feel of having to report to my senior. And I mean, I loved working under a VP. I actually did that because I specifically wanted to learn from someone who knew more than I did. So that was great. But to be able to bring it back and do it personally was phenomenal for me. So the time freedom is great. The location freedom is also something amazing. I actually drove during rush hour today and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot this existed. <laughs> <laughs> so the listeners have asked that I kind of dig into the alpha females that appear to have, you know, work-life harmony almost figured out. It's a constant, I guess, juggling act. But share with us when that time was like really out of whack, when you felt like the balance was off keel. And what was your aha moment that taught you okay, enough is enough. I need to really figure out what my work and life scenario looks like to me. Yeah, sure. So to answer that question, it actually makes me think back to when I had first gotten into PR. So, you know, I was fresh out of school and I was a coordinator at a big PR agency. And I really wanted to, of course, prove myself because I'm competing with all these, not competing, but, you know, there were a bunch of other new people and I really wanted to make sure that I stood out. So I remember specifically working on one project that the president of the agency asked me to help out with. And I spent my weekend working on it. I stayed in late in the evenings. You know, there was no going home at 5.30. It's more like 8.30. And to be really honest, I made some big mistakes in that project. And rather than, you know, taking on that supportive mentoring role, like, of course, I mean, there are repercussions to be had. That's fine. But I was kind of passively, aggressively mocked in front of the entire company. So that's when I was like, I am putting so much effort into this and no one even says thank you. And all I get is like publicly humiliated for the mistakes that I've made as a newcomer. That's when I was like, OK, that is not going to be the way I live my life. I have to be able to 
take time for myself as well. And it was also a really good lesson in burnout. You know, if you work too much, you are going to slip, you are going to make mistakes. So it really is healthy to take that time off and recover to focus on other things. So you really can come back to work with a fresh set of eyes and a renewed sense of energy for the projects you're working on. I think the part of it, um, showing one, a learning environment, and then two, showing gratitude to not only, so for those that work in the corporate world, putting a focus on gratitude towards your employees and direct reports or even coworkers and same level. But also as an entrepreneur, whether you're working with, you know, clients or freelancers or you've hired coaches or whatnot, like being able to show Mm -hmm. that gratitude on a constant basis, I think is something that is not always, you know, on a business checklist, but I know is so important, especially if you see someone working so hard and even if they're in the learning phase and, you know, they're making mistakes, but you're giving them great feedback still thanking them the entire time goes such a long way. Absolutely. It really helps you feel valued. And, you know, I'm sorry I didn't look up this study before, but I know that there have been research reports that came out saying that some employees, you know, when offered X amount and increase in salary versus more appreciation for the work that they do, people (laughs) were actually choosing. I would actually rather my boss said thank you to me every now and then, or like Mm -hmm. gave me a little pat on the back for a job well done Mm -hmm. than gave me, you know, a 10,000 increase. And if that number is not specific from the stat, we'd have to look it up. But just in general, appreciativeness is underrated. Yeah, that was my biggest thing when I worked in the advertising agency world in Toronto. And every time I left to go to a different agency and they did an exit interview, they're like, what's one thing we can improve on? I was like, say thank you. Just, (laughs) I just wish I had been thanked more or like told good job. (laughs) Yeah, and two little words make the biggest difference in a person's day. Like it doesn't cost you money, just say thanks. And, you know, that makes me want to come back and do an even better job for you. Like I'm a big advocate of, you know, I don't believe I get a cookie for doing my job. It's my job. I don't need a pat (laughs) on the head or constant positive reinforcement, but a thank you goes a really, really long way. Yeah. I made a huge effort when I went, we called it going client side to the marketing world. Whenever Mm -hmm. I worked with an agency, I would profusely thank media planners for creating blocking charts. And they were always so shocked. I'm like, but I'm coming from your position. And I just wished even clients would say thank you. So I'm going to just like shower you with things. Oh my gosh. You know, what's so funny, Robin. Back when I was in university, had a job working in a restaurant and my mother and my parents taught me very much, please thank you manners on point all the time. And I would say thank you so much to the back of house staff in the kitchen. One girl actually kind of started to hate me because she thought I was so sarcastic. And I was like, (laughs) no, I just really appreciate everything you're helping me do to do my job. I'm grateful. So that's That's kind of a funny story about how people just are somewhat surprised by being thanked. Yeah, yeah, so true. Okay, let's get into your health habits that keep you on track. So how do you nourish yourself? Okay, so this was something that I had struggled with. And, you know, I was listening to some of your other podcasts earlier, and it's so interesting to hear everybody's perspectives on how they balance their nutrition and how they nourish themselves. So having come from a background where I was a personal trainer, I did some fitness competitions. So, you know, I had moments in my life where I was incredibly strict about what I put into my body. Being someone who works with health and wellness entrepreneurs, I also think it's really important for me to explore different nutrition trends that are out there. So I've experimented with being vegan. I've experimented with being paleo just to get a sense of, you know, how does my body feel when I get that way? So I know I definitely had a phase where I was really intense about an organic everything and whatnot, and I was denying myself some of the things that I've loved. So the way that I've managed to find balance in how I nourish myself now is I kind of have a mandate that anything that crosses into my condo has to be healthy. 
So I will not bring white bread into my house. I only bring, you know, 16 grain, whatever. I think it's called <laughs> big silver, the 16. That's my Ooh. favorite. I bring in a bunch of, you know, alternative types of flowers. I use natural sweetener. So everything that is in my condo is super healthy and makes great food. But when I go out, I will enjoy whatever I feel like. I actually went for a run the other day. And as soon as I was done, I ate a rack of ribs. And I have no apologies <laughs> about it. So it sounds like you're you're subscribing to the intuitive eating way of living, but also knowing that you need parameters. That's a concept I haven't heard of before, intuitive eating. Oh, it's like, it's not depriving yourself. So those that leave the fitness competition world have gone through such a deprivation standpoint Mm -hmm. that we usually rebound afterwards and just shove everything in our faces that we were missing. But allowing ourselves to then, you know, if you want ice cream, you have some, but it's about moderation and just knowing what your parameters are. So if you are going to chow down on ice cream all the time, you don't bring it into the house, but you'll treat mm-hmm. yourself and go out for ice cream every now and again. I love that concept. So yeah, I guess I've been yeah. unknowingly doing that. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was competing, I just in the last few weeks leading up to show, I would go, there was a second cup near my office. There was one near my office, but there was one a few blocks away that no one knew me at. And I would go there and I would hide and I would stuff a red velvet cupcake in my face. So I never really want to go back to that mode of secret eating ever again. Yes. So important. I wasn't even planning to go this way with you, but I'm assuming that you've left the fitness competition world. Oh, yeah. I had the opportunity to do a fitness competition in the bikini category back in 2014, and I expected it would be a very catty world, you know, a bunch of women being judged on how they look in bikinis. But it was such a fun experience. The women that I trained with were phenomenal. Backstage, there was so much support of everyone making sure, you know, your bikinis fit just perfectly. It was a really fun experience. But to be honest with you, I'm somebody who really loves food. So Mm -hmm. having to deprive myself was not so fun. And I don't think it made me the happiest person for the three months I was training. (laughs) And also because fitness is something that I'm just genuinely passionate about, it started to turn fitness into a chore for me. I love to move my body. I love to get sweaty. But when it got to the point that, you know, I had to do three workouts a day and I would have to leave social events early because I had to squeeze in one more workout that night, it was really taking away from my love of fitness and nutrition. So I decided it would probably make more sense I could step away from it and really just go back to enjoying moving because I do and not because I want it to be on stage. So I have a ton of respect for competitors, but it's not much the life for me. I love that you had a great experience though, and that the actual experience on stage was amazing and backstage, but that you want a little bit more freedom and less rigidity. And it also sounds, and if I know you well from social media, you love experimenting with workouts. So tell us what your weekly fitness routine is like. Yeah. Okay, sure. So I kind of take on a fitness challenge every year, maybe. So this year, my goal is to run a half marathon in August. Mm. And up until this month, I hadn't run in about five years. In high school, I always played sports where you ran for a purpose. Like, not that running a marathon isn't a purpose, but you know, I play (laughs) hockey. I was chasing a ball. So I was playing rugby and I was chasing another ball. So this time I'm aiming for a half marathon in August and I just started training in January. So I'm super pumped every time I check my Nike Run Club app. I think I've hit 60 kilometers so far this month. And uh, to balance that out, I really believe in a holistic approach to fitness. So that means cardio, strength, training, and flexibility. I'm a big fan of tools like justtryit.ca or ClassPass where I can get memberships to different studios and try a bunch of different workouts. Mm. So 
I'll probably run at least three days a week. And then the rest of the time, I'm either doing some strength training by myself in the condo gym downstairs. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, I love group fitness. So whether that's Pilates, bar, hot yoga, kickboxing, a group atmosphere really charges me up. Uh, Next month, I'm looking forward to trying the Orange Theory workout. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how that one goes for me. But yeah, I'm definitely always dabbling in what's new, what's different. Aerial yoga is one of my favorite things to do now, actually. That's so cool. It also sounds like you're a master master networker trying out every single possible workout and studio as well. You know, it's so funny because I've I've actually never even made that connection, but it's totally (laughs) true. Because I'm someone like I'm not somebody who goes to a big box gym. I love small independent studios and supporting those business owners. So when you start going there regularly, as opposed to, you know, a traditional gym where they don't know your name, they just care that you pay every month. I love going to these students. They're like, oh, hey, Lisa, how are you? Are you going to try and advance this move this week? And, you know, sometimes the conversation just naturally comes up. I don't even go in there to pitch myself for their business. Something that I'm really focusing on this year is just generosity. Mm. Um, What you give is going to come back to you. So anytime I talk to a studio, owner who's struggling with something, I'm more than happy to just chat for 20, 30 minutes, no expectation of signing them on as a client, but just really serving them in a way that I can help them achieve their own goals and grow their own businesses. Oh, you must be listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. You know what? I, I'm going to be so honest. I don't listen to too much Gary Vaynerchuk. Really? I do have, I do have his jab, 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 right, right hook, hook book. Okay. I really so that's what that. you're implementing. That's a, like, okay. You're doing the give, give, give. Um, oh yeah, mentality. yeah, I totally am. Yeah, so You're reminding me of all these things that I don't even know I do. It's funny because Gary Vaynerchuk can be so polarizing, and he was always a little too much for me. And then I really dedicated myself to listening to his stuff, and mm-hmm. it's spectacular how caring this man actually is once you get through the brash exterior. So I think I actually talked not negatively about him, but I shared my like, whoa, he's too much of a hustler on the Brittany (laughs) McLean episode back in 2016. This is me making it up to him now because listening to his podcast and audio experience, the amount of care that he gives out and free advice, it's the same mentality. So I'm going to give, give, give. And then when I'm putting something out into the world, I'm just going to ask. And because I've given so much value, people will then want to support me. So you are subscribing to his way of marketing. That's so funny because similar to you, I was like, no, that hustle business isn't my thing. I love to sleep. I have friends in a personal life, yeah. but I, I'm really, I really love everything you just shared. And it actually really does inspire me to add his, uh, the Gary Fee show back to my list of podcasts that I listen to yeah. and kind of get past the hustle. So thank you for opening me up to that, Robin. <laughs> and he's back to touting sleep. There's a big misunderstanding that he doesn't sleep. And he's like, no, like I just work up until the moment that I sleep, but I sleep six to seven hours, which is just shocking. But it's the 18 hour workday that creates the kerfuffle because that is something that is not okay because I also want life in my world. Like it fills me up to go to the gym. It fills me up to go out for coffee. Like those are priorities for me. He's just so unabashedly unapologetic about the fact that leisure and hit, like he doesn't care about leisure. And that's not one of his priorities, which is basically part of the alpha definition. So he's a true alpha that his priorities are just so much work. That's what fills him off and up and like lights him on fire. 
So that's his jam. But I think I just interpreted that at the beginning as like, this man doesn't sleep. That's so healthy. He's going to have a heart attack. And it's not that. So he's definitely, I think he's got some good peeps in his life that are like, you need to start talking about self-care and health care. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's doing amazing in his uh, hustle. So there's definitely a lot to draw inspiration from, from Gary V. So thanks for everything you're putting out there, Gary. <laughs> So what are some of your daily habits to wind down at night and reduce any stress that may have built up during the day? So something I put into practice last year was meditation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone recommended I check out a meditation group. And again, I'm a type A person. I live in downtown Toronto. So it's so funny. Every time I'm driving through downtown Toronto, I can have nowhere to go. And I am not not speeding. We're safe. But, you know, I'm on a mission to get there. And I come to the suburbs and I'm like, does nobody have anything to do today? Why are we going 30 and a 50? So so one thing I'm really working on is slowing down, savoring and appreciating. So I went to a meditation class and I loved sitting just above Queen Street, which is one of the busiest streets in downtown Toronto with this group of 10 strangers, Mm -hmm. just silently knowing we were all having a different experience listening to streetcars go by and motorcycles and things that would otherwise kind of annoy me. I was finding a new appreciation for them. Mm -hmm. So I've brought that back into my own practice now with them. I've downloaded the app Headspace Mm -hmm. and it's such a priority for me to try and do at least 10 minutes a day. Some days I can squeeze in two meditations. To be honest, I know I've been off my game for about three days now. So this is a reminder I need to do that tonight. Mm -hmm. But I think that app is phenomenal. And it's helped me work on things like patience, anxiety. They have so many different packs for different areas of life. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look forward to, I think the next pack I'm going to try is either focus or creativity. Mm, Nice. Yeah, I did the annual subscription to unlock all of the different I guess, episodes or whatnot, and absolutely loved it. It's my wind down at night, like pass out as I'm listening to them. And I'm trying my best to do a conscious meditation practice now in the morning. But I found it was always on my mind, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to do it in the morning, like when you get up. If I don't put it on my phone as an actual like appointment with myself and an alarm, I don't do it. So that's been my biggest struggle is owning up to the fact that if it's not scheduled, it doesn't get done. But that's not a negative. Like putting it in my phone is not a negative if it means that I get more time of zen. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I'm the person who lives and dies by her calendar on my phone. (laughs) So if it's not in it's not happening. Yeah. And um, I recently saw that Headspace, you can actually time a reminder. So now every morning at seven o'clock, as soon as I barely opened my eyes, yeah. you know, the first thing we always do tends to be go to the phone. If you're not one of those people who's super disciplined and keeps it out of the room, which right. I was for a few weeks, and then I went back into it. But, um, you know, as soon as I open my eyes, and I touch my phone, it's like meditate. And I'm like, okay, let's check email later. Let's just connect with myself first, and then yeah. get on with my day. I love that. So important. Okay, share with us, as an alpha female, we are usually dealing with some sort of pain point. So what is something that you are problem solving for? Do I have your permission to be super vulnerable in this answer, Robin? Of course, please do. So I'm I'm glad this is the alpha female podcast, and I hope no guys I date are listening to this. Um, My biggest pain point in being an alpha female and something that we spoke to earlier is um, embracing that femininity. I'm doing, taking charge, leading, but I'm also someone who's very attracted to alpha males. And, you know, in the work and the reading I've done in the last year, you know, you can't have two alphas. There's a passenger and there's a driver. You can't be both. 
So my challenge with being an alpha female is still being confident in who I am, being clearing what I want, like make no mistake, I don't want to just talk about baking and cookies all day, even though I do love those things. But I'm really learning how to balance masculine and feminine energy. So how, you know, I'm very masculine in my job, I'm very alpha in my job all day, making things happen, getting results. But I'm working on, you know, at the end of the day, doing a yoga class, dancing, taking some kind of self-care practice that brings me back into that divine femininity. And so when I go on dates or when I'm out with guys that I can really bring that feminine essence and quality out. Mm. So that is something I'm really, really working on right now. And uh, just a random side note to share with your listeners. I was on a date last night and it was one of the first times I actually felt so comfortable just really being myself without making apologies for the person that I am. And it's really becoming a, a very freeing experience for me. It's interesting to know that you've incorporated meditation in your life and that that ability to just stop where you are and be there. And I find that that's such an important practice and is going to become so much more popularized with the advent of meditation studios and all of that. And you know, reading Eckhart Tolle a few years ago in The Power of Now was such a foreign concept. Like, I didn't really understand, and it's a constant new thing that I'm incorporating in my life. But the power of actually being present is, again, not something I can look at a checklist and be like, well, shut off your brain, close your eyes, do this, and you'll be completely present. Like, those things don't actually exist. But just constantly thinking about it and focusing on how we can be in the now is such an important part of happiness. Yeah. And you know, one thing I've really loved about this conversation, Robin, is you've said so many things during our conversation that I hadn't even put two and two together on. So thank you for pointing those things out. I think you're absolutely on point with everything you're saying. It's all about connecting dots. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And you're helping me connect them. So thank you so much. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you so much for how you're showing up in the world, what you're doing for fitness and wellness professionals and for yourself as an entrepreneur. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Robin. I also want to acknowledge you for all the amazing work you're doing, the stories that you're bringing to light. And I know you and I have known each other for what, maybe five, six years now. Mm -hmm. So it's been really awesome to see the journey that you've come along, becoming a published author, hosting your podcast, your move and your obstacle racing. It's, it's really fun to see each other grow. So everything you're doing is amazing too. And thank you for everything you're putting out there. You're giving me all the warm fuzzies. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Real Plans. If my purpose is to inspire others to be proactive with their health, it will depend on getting you into the kitchen and preparing real food from scratch. I do believe it's possible to eat out or use meal deliveries to stay healthy, but without the inclusion of home-cooked meals, I think we're missing key ingredients in our nutrition. So while you can't always cut out the cooking, you can cut out the stress with real plans. I've been living the meal planning and Sunday meal prep lifestyle since my days as a fitness competitor in 2009, and when I was diagnosed with MS in 2014, I then launched into further nutritional education and incorporating the Walls Protocol, an autoimmune paleo way of eating into my life. So sometimes I use a pen and paper for meal planning, or I was using a meal planning board, and then I discovered the online platform Real Plans, and I actually screamed with excitement, and I'm serious, I screamed. 
because I can spend 10 minutes a week creating a meal plan on my desktop. It then generates a grocery list that goes to the free app on my phone. And as I'm shopping, I can check off each item. And as I'm cooking, I can click on recipes and the full recipe will show up. So head on over to bit.ly, so bit.ly forward slash alpha real plans. That's alpha R-E-A-L-P-L-A-N-S to check them out. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.